Father, we pray that, that this afternoon, that this would be a moment that, that no matter what we brought into this room, no matter what uh, uh, things are on our hearts and on our heads and the worries that we'd have or the things that we have or haven't done or the, the hope that we had for December that we might not have gotten, um, no matter what's going on, Lord, we pray that tonight would be a night that we could uh, together sit in your presence and that you would help us to see that, uh, that the King of Kings was truly born on this night. And the Lord of Lords was born on this night and that means something for us. And so I pray that you'd help us to, to take a step, just a step, and maybe it's a baby step, but a step closer to you in the midst of all that's going on. God be with us tonight. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, take a seat. Now, for you guys, will you scooch in on just that side over here? And I'm going to do this for a reason. If you guys could just scooch, just the reason why, if you'd move just in. So, because when I grew up, I grew up Catholic and, and, and it seemed like we were always the last family to come into mass. And, and we would, my dad would parade us right up to the front row. And, and Father John was the, was the priest and he would come up to the front and he'd go, the Stevens family is here. Let us pray. So um, instead of making you guys come in a little bit later to have to do that and come in the front row and I'll address you guys in the front. If we just leave some room on the sides, that would help them out. Uh, I'm Bill Stevens, one of the pastors here, and we are so glad that you guys are here today. Like Mo and Jim said, you're giving us a gift because Christmas is, it, we're supposed to celebrate it together. And it's such a joyful uh, celebration when we all come together. So thank you. Uh, we know that you guys have a lot of stuff you got going tonight. Some of you have some, have some wrapping you still need to do. Some of you are praying for that Christmas miracle that Amazon will still show up at your door and there's one more gift that's coming. Uh, Jackie and I are praying for that right now because if it doesn't come this, this evening, uh, one of my daughters is not going to have as good of a Christmas as she was hoping she was going to have. So we're praying that prayer. So we know that you guys, that there's a lot of stuff going on and you're taking this little break and coming here to, to spend some time with us. Now I got a quick question I got to ask you before we dig into what we want to talk about tonight. Um, I got I gotta ask you, how many of you tomorrow morning, if you're gonna go down and sit in front of your tree, how many of you will just tear your gifts open? It'll take 10 minutes, the gifts will all be done, the kids will just tear them all open and you go out and play kickball. How many of you guys, that's your tradition? Okay, so Jim, I gotta say this to Jim, because Jim and I, my co-pastor here, Jim and I have a battle over this. Jim, there was one hand raised, okay? There's a, a thousand people in here, there was a hand raised. All right, now, now, how many of you guys linger? How many of you guys, when you open a pair of socks, you gotta open them up, put them on, try them out, slide on the hardwood, see if they're comfortable, and then the next person gets to open a gift? How many linger? See, Jim, Jim, I'm ahead. I'm now ahead like 900 to 1, okay? So this is what, this is what Jim does. He, his family just rips them all open. A couple of years ago, he got, he got Micah a, a fly rod for Christmas, and he couldn't wait to give it to him. And, and I asked him after Christmas, I said, Jim, what was that like watching Micah open that fly rod? And he says, I don't know. He says, Karen and I were in the kitchen. We missed it all. They, they tore open all the gifts, then we missed it. And then we went and played kickball. And I'm like, you are doing this wrong. You're just doing it wrong. Well, here's the deal. Before we get into this sermon, I have to tell you something that happened this last week because there are a, there, there's a bunch of kids, 
all along the front range that tomorrow morning are going to get to start their tradition, whether it's ripping them open in a hurry or it's lingering on each one. There are a bunch of kids all up and down the front range that are going to get a Christmas this year because you guys made it happen. I got it. For you guys that, that are visiting and don't know about this, I have to tell you about the, the Christmas shop before we get rolling on anything else because it's the really, truly the coolest thing that our church does. It's so fun. Here's what happened. Five years ago, Officer Haymore from the Louisville Police Department came to us and he says, I do a Christmas drive and I give out gifts to kids. I have about 40 or 50 kids that I give out gifts to. And he says, would you help me get the gifts because I'm having trouble getting the gifts? And we said, of course we will. And so we started our, uh, the, the Christmas toy drive to help Officer Haymore. Well, then after a couple of years, the number of kids and the number of gifts grew to over 100. And so we, had, we tried something different last year. We started a Christmas shop where right outside those curtains there, we turned it into a shop where families could come in. They could pick out the gifts that they're going to give their kids. They, to pay, they aren't going to pay for them. They're just picking out three gifts per kid. They'd come through the whole shop. That We borrowed the, the carts from the Safeway next door, borrowed them, stole them. Either way, we, we, did, we, we, we took some carts and, and they went through, they got the gifts. And then at the end, we gave them a $25 gift card and said, this is for you, for your Christmas. You go buy yourself something. And then the police department and a bunch of people from, from our descent family joined together and wrapped those presents. Last year, 300 kids were blessed by that. And it was overwhelming. It was a great success. You guys, we then came back to our church family this year and said, you guys, we got to get ready because there might be more than 300 this year. And the word has gotten out. And so we're expecting a little bit more like five to 600, maybe even 700 kids. So get ready. We need you to give. And the man, the, the church responded and the number of gifts, financial gifts for it and just toys and gifts just poured in. Well, you guys get this. This year, tomorrow morning, 1,846 kids are going to be blessed by this thing. I mean, come on. It went from 50 to 300 to 1,846. It was a madhouse in here on the last day. We were going to Walmart. People were giving us financial donations. We were going to Walmart, buying eight carts worth of stuff and bringing it back and putting them on the shelves. And an hour later, they were gone again. It was ridiculous how much fun it was to bless those families and, and, and to think about what tomorrow morning will be like. It'll be so, so cool. Now, you guys... I got their stories that came from that like crazy. I got to tell you one of the stories, okay? One of the stories. Gabby came last year and shopped. She was, she, and she was so overwhelmed by, by what happened last year that she said, I want to come back this year. I want to shop again this year, but I also want to volunteer this year. I want to give up a couple of days of work and I want to just volunteer for the other, the, 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 the four days that we had it. And so we're going, Gabby, we got to know her really well. She is, she's family. We love Gabby. And, uh, and so she shopped for a kid. She volunteered. And at the end she said, Hey, Pastor Bill, do you mind if I, um, if we, if I go through with that, the shop one more time and I shop for my nephew? And I said, I said, well, yeah, of course you can. And she says, can I tell you a tiny bit of his story? She said, he lives in Mexico with his dad. And she said, she said this year, just a few months ago, she, he told his dad, he said, dad, or he asked his dad, he said, dad, how come Santa doesn't come to my house? Santa comes to a lot of the other kids' houses and it looks like they have more money. And for us, Santa, Santa hasn't come to my house. And her da his dad didn't know what to say. And so here's what he did. 
He went out and worked for his dad, 11 years old, worked for his dad in his tire store, made enough money to go buy himself one present. You guys, he went out and bought a spotlight, climbed up on the roof of his house and mounted it so that Santa would see his house this year. Gabby said, can I help Santa this year? Santa always needs some helpers. Can I help Santa this year? And, and we go through the shop and grab some of the toys and can we, can we get them down there to him? And we said, absolutely. So she did that. And that's what this kid's going to open tomorrow on Christmas morning. You guys, that effort, the 260 volunteers that helped make it happen, every one of you that gave financially and gave, gave gifts, that effort is blessing kids all up and down the front range and all the way into Mexico. It is, it is beautiful. It's beautiful. And we all got to experience that together. Um, just take a look at the screens and just watch a tiny bit of what happened from the shop. Love <laughs> I get teary. I get teary when I'm watching that. I don't care how many times I see it. I just continue to get teary. You know, I can't pull this off. I gotta take that off. <laughs> anyway, jeez, come on, loosen up. Uh, you guys, I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. There, I mean, I have loved Christmas. I, I love it all. I mean, I love listening to Christmas music back in, in November. Early November, I started listening to Christmas music instead of waiting till after Thanksgiving. I, uh, my daughter and I started watching the Hallmark movies. And man, we've watched probably 30 Hallmark movies over this Christmas season. Right? It's just so great. They started them in September, so we started watching way back then. And you guys, it's all the same plot. It's all the same story. You just, you, you, you start 
watching. It's a, it's a successful businesswoman that leaves New York City and goes to like Snow Falls, New Hampshire, and she meets her old boyfriend from high school, and she's, she's saying, okay, I've got this job in New York, or I've got this boyfriend in Snow Falls, and then she decides to, to start dating him, and then they light a Christmas tree, and they sing Oh, um, oh Christmas Tree, and then um, she decides to leave her successful job and work for her parents at the hotel. So that's the story uh, every single time. But we watched them all, every one of them. I love it all. I love all that stuff. I mean, you guys, my, my parents, man, I remember when my parents would go downstairs and they'd get all the decorations and boxes and boxes of decorations to decorate our whole house. My dad would bring out those C9 bulbs, those big old school lights, and he'd put those on the outside of our house. I still do that today. I put them on the outside of my house today in Rock Creek. I know I'm going to burn down our house in one of the next few years because they're getting so hot and they're using so much energy. But it doesn't matter. It's just what my dad did. So I got to do it too. I love it. I love all the little traditions of Christmas. We had, I mean, there are little, little things like this, you guys. I had a, we had a, a, a candy cane countdown, 25 days of Christmas. And, and, and they, they, it was, it was little, we, they're little candy canes, not these big ones. We got this the little ones and we had four boys in our family. So every fourth day I got a little candy cane, but I savored it, man. I savored that candy cane because my brothers couldn't get it on that day. And, but that was the 25 day countdown to Christmas tradition that we had. My mom, my mom would go to every window in the house, every one of them, and she would spray a snowdrift. Doesn't it look like a snowdrift? Doesn't it look like just like we just had feet of snow? Yeah, she did that in every single window in the house. Does anybody do that out of curiosity? We got one, one. It's a sweet tradition, you guys. My mom would do that in every window and my dad would hang those C9 bulbs and it was like everything was, everything was great in the house. It was, I loved all of that. You guys, I even loved the churchy stuff. I loved the, I, I mean, I told you, I, I grew up, I grew up Catholic and I'd go to mass and, and, and man, I'll be honest with you, I was bored. Most of the time at church, I was bored out of my mind. Some of you think that pastors come out of the womb and say, praise Jesus, right? As they come out. I don't, I didn't do that. Jim did that, but I did not do that. I, it took me a little longer, but, but when I, when, so I was bored by it, but at Christmas, when I'd go to midnight mass, and we go to the Christmas service, there's something about that story of Mary and Joseph and a baby and Bethlehem and donkeys and camels and all of that that drew me into the story. My grandpa, my grandpa used to put these things in his yard, these big, big plastic statues of, of Mary and Joseph and he'd put those and he made a big manger and we'd go over to his house and, and, and we'd go play with all the different little pieces. And I mean, it was, there was something that drew you in. In fact, it, it wasn't magical. It was wonderful. That word wonder is a feeling of surprise mixed with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. Look at that. A feeling of surprise mixed with admiration. We don't even know where that admiration necessarily is coming from when, we, when we're drawn to this story. It's a feeling of admiration caused by something beautiful and unexpected and unfamiliar and inexplicable. And we're drawn into that story and it's filled with wonder. 
But here's what happens, you guys, and this is what happens to almost all of us. Over time, that wonder starts to fade away, and wonder becomes I wonder. I wonder if this is true. I wonder if Jesus is really the Son of God. I wonder why I need to know it. I wonder if I will be thinking about it at all in a month or two when I'm sitting in my cubicle in my office. Will I be thinking one bit about the wonder of Mary and Joseph and a baby? And so we turn to I wonder. I heard a pastor once talk to us about the fact that you can go from wonder to wander. And we just start finding ourselves wandering pretty far away from this truth. Man, nobody wants to wander away from wonder. Nobody wants to, but we know it happens and it happens for lots of different reasons. For some of us, we wander from wonder because of the things that are taught to us. I went to the University of Washington and, and I, I took two classes, History of Christianity and Intro of the New Testament. I took other classes too, but those were the only two Christian classes that I took was Intro of the New Testament and, and, uh, and History of Christianity. Well, the professor of Intro of the New Testament comes out, he, right off the bat, he comes out and says, you guys, I don't believe any of this. And he says, he says it was written hundreds of years after it happened. And it's all fictional stories that they, that they just used poetic license on. Now, I've learned since then that scholars have truly found that, that, that it was written just within a decade or two of when, when, it ha when Jesus lived and died. And that, and that within that time, there was such beautiful oral tradition that, that it actually is, is really accurate. But I learned that down the road. In the moment, I'm going, wait a minute. Is that true? What that professor said? And, and is, is this Bible actually true? And so what happens is, what happens is you just start, you get a little bit of just a film over your wonder. You get, a, you get to a point where you're going, yeah, there's, I know it's there, but it's buried under just what I've been taught. You might, you might have come to church and you heard something at church that didn't ring well with you. you you're listening to it and you're going, now wait a minute, that's not the Jesus that I thought I was worshiping. You hear a pastor that says something like, hey, you should only love people that are living the, the life that you think they should be living. And you just go, wait a minute, aren't we supposed to love everybody? Isn't that, isn't that what we're supposed to do? And so it didn't match up with what you might have heard. And so you're just going, is that the Jesus that, I'm, that, I've, that I've come to church for? And it covers it up a little more. For some of you, it is, it, is, uh, it is something that's happened to you, a prayer that wasn't answered or something that happened in your life and you're just going, God, I thought you were going to cover that and you didn't. For some of you, it's something you've done, that you messed up in some way and in the midst of you messing up and you just you carry the guilt and you carry the shame and then you come into a place like this and you think, well, that's going to be accentuated there in that place. And so that covers it, it covers it even more. I mean, you guys, I could keep going. For some of us, it's, it's that we just got busy and you just kind of forgot about it. And you're coming in here just going, man, I've just been running ragged this month and, and wonder, nah, nah, it just covers it up. For some of us, it's time that covers it up. For some of us, it's, it's, it's just, I've heard this story too many times and I don't wonder about it anymore. I could line us all up. It would take a while. We could try it. I could line us all up and you could come in here and you could say, I mean, it's just a little bit for me, just a little bit of, of, of what's covered it up. For some of you going, no, for me, 
It's a lot. And you just sit and let it go for a while. And it's going to make a mess. But you could just do that and you just go, man, I, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of things, if I admit it, there's a lot of things that have covered up that wonder. So you come here to church and you hear of the King of Kings being born and the Lord of Lords. And you, you hear of a wonderful counselor and you hear of the Son of God and, and you just go, well, all right, but I got stuff I got to do. And it just covers it up. And is that some of your story? Do you, where you, the very best is I wonder, the very worst is I wander. But man, where's wonder again? Well, see, here's what you got, we got to know. God knows this. He looks at this and he's going, man, he is not disappointed with you. He's not looking at each one of us and going, man, how dare you have things that cover up what I've done? He's not looking at it that way, not one bit. He knows exactly the things that cover us up. The things that cover, cover up that wonder, that, that can break his heart. Not, not us, but the things can. But he looks at us and goes, man, I want you to discover that wonder again. I want you to discover Emmanuel again, God with us. I want you to discover that. I want to clear away some of the things that are covering this so that you can discover that wonder again. And when you go back 2,000 years, that's what God did. He entered into this type of mess. He entered into that. Two, about tw almost 2,000, about almost 3,000 years ago, that's when Isaiah wrote that prediction. Isaiah was a prophet and he wrote this, he wrote this out about what's about to come. He says, a child is born for, for us, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then later on, he wrote, he, he wrote down, Emmanuel is coming. And it said right there, Emmanuel, God with us. And you guys, the people were filled with wonder. They're going, wait a minute, this God that seems so far off is now you're saying God's with us? They were filled with wonder and it, it was inexplicable. It was unexplainable. It was like, wait a minute, what's, what, what, is it, what are they talking about here? But here's what happened over time. That wonder turned to, I wonder, time. They could have sprayed time right, on, right over the top of wonder. And it became, I wonder, was Isaiah, was Isaiah wrong? Was he lying to us? What's happened? They're looking at that. They're going, what's happening right there? You know, they're, they're saying, what happened? Well, that's what, that's what God entered into. Because God now enters in between the temple and the Roman empire. God comes in. He says, I'm going to introduce wonder again to you guys. Here I come. And Luke is a doctor and he wrote this down for us. And he wrote very specific stuff. And tonight our goal is that we want to just kind of capture that wonder again. Look at what Luke wrote down. He said this. He started talking about, he started talking about how the, there was a census that was happening. He started talking about how they went on this big journey and that Joseph and Mary on a journey. And he said, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I'm going to stop right there. Think about Luke writing this, you guys. Why in the world would Luke write about the specifics of the birth? 
Why would he give us that part of the story? There's so much other parts of Jesus' story to learn. Why would he give us that part? When you're telling your story to somebody else, what do you say? For me, I, I tell people, yeah, I grew up in Spokane. I had three brothers. I have a twin brother. Um, you know, I can feel his pain from other states away. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't, but I, you know, it's just twin. Um, I, I, you know, I tell the story. I tell University of Washington, I talk about my parents. I talk about Jackie. I talk about my kids. But here's what I'm not going to tell you guys. Let me tell you about Stockton, California. Let me tell you about Sharp Army Depot. Let me tell you about the St. Joseph's Hospital. Let me tell you about how many diapers my, my mom had for the two of us when she first gave birth to us. And I'm not going to tell you those stories. Those seem insignificant. But Luke gave us that. Why? I think that Luke really wanted us to capture that the God of the universe that breathed life into existence was born as helpless as anything we can picture. Couldn't change himself, couldn't, couldn't clothe himself, couldn't, couldn't keep himself warm. The God of the universe was born helpless because there was a paradox that he knew was going to happen down the road that that, ba that helpless baby ultimately goes all the way to the cross and ultimately conquers death. And so we see helplessness turn into the, the most powerful thing we could see, helpless to powerful. And the paradox is the people that were helping that helpless baby are the ones that are helpless and needing that power because it's our helplessness that he died for us. And he looks at every one of us in our helplessness in our marriage, in our helplessness with our finances, in our helplessness in our job, in our helplessness with our loneliness. And he's going, I know you. And I know that helplessness. And I went all the way to the grave for you. And I conquered it for you. And Luke starts it out by saying, do you recognize how helpless this baby was? That's God's story. Does that, does that introduce some wonder back for you? Does it, um, does, it, does it just take a tiny bit off? Does it kind of? <laughs> does it? Does it introduce a little bit of wonder back? That the maker of the universe came helpless as a baby? Look at what else Luke talks about. Look what he says. He says, there were some shepherds living in the same part of the country, keeping guard throughout the night over their flocks in the open fields. Suddenly an angel of the Lord stood by their side, and the splendor of the Lord blazed around them, and they were terror-stricken. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen, I bring you glorious news, not just news, but glorious news of great joy. Not just joy, but great joy, which is for all the people, not some of the people, not the religious ones, not the, not the elite ones, not the ones that had it all together, not the ones that weren't doubting at all. I came for all the people. This very day in David's town, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. Let, me, let, me, let this prove it to you. You'll find a baby wrapped up and lying in a manger. How much fun did Luke have writing this? That he got to say to, to everybody, look, this is not news. This is glorious news. Some translations say it's good news. No, I, I like this translation. It says it's glorious news because that word glory, that is a perfect reflection of God. You guys, that baby born in the manger was a perfect reflection of God. And then it's just, it's, it's great joy. 
A joy that goes beyond our circumstances. Every single one of us come into this place with some circumstances that, say to, that we say out loud, no, I don't think that joy is for me, not today. And no, God's going, no, this is great joy. This is joy that goes beneath all of the, the stuff that we have laying on our hearts. He says, I'm speaking to you deep down in your soul and that's where you're gonna find the joy, great joy that goes beyond our circumstances. That was born on the day. And he says, and it's for all people. Now, some of you not, might be nudging the person, your, your spouse next to you, and you go, this is a message for religious people. And then God's going, uh-uh, I didn't come to the religious people. I came to a peasant family in Bethlehem. I came for you because I knew that 2,000 years later, you'd be sitting in a Sam's Club nudging your spouse. <laughs> so he's going, I came for you, for all people. You guys, when Luke says that, does that, does that maybe clean it up a little bit more? Just a little bit more? Gosh, I'm getting myself all messy. Tyler's one of our worship guys up here, and, and Tyler, Tyler, last night, they did an unplugged um, uh, service. And in it, he said something that just made me think totally about what we're talking about. He said, he said you know, Jesus didn't grow into being the King of Kings, and he didn't grow into being the Lord of Lords. Jesus didn't grow into being a wonderful counselor. He didn't grow into being a, a, an, a, an almighty God. No, Jesus was born the King of Kings. And he was born the Lord of Lords. He was born the Prince of your peace. Jesus was born that way. He didn't just live into that. And God is looking at us and he's going, you know what I need to do to get past all this stuff? I need to enter into your story. And then I, I need to invite you to enter into mine. Then when he has the angels sing out, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace on whom his favor rests, that's God just going, this is my story. This is my son. This is, I love you this much and this is what I've given to you. And see, God is looking at us and going, that should bring surprise. And that should be inexplicable to you because it might not make sense to you. But that's what I've done for you. Does that uncover a little bit more wonder? You guys, I, I found a squeegee for $1.50 at Walmart. And I think every one of us need a squeegee. Because I feel like God is just going... I want to clear, clear this up for you. I want to invite you into my story. I want you to invite you into this and I'm coming right there into yours and I want you to see that the Almighty God has been born. Can we, for a night, get past all the things, legit, hard things that cover this up for a night and grab hold of the truth that Emmanuel is here, that God is with us. Becky and I started talking about that for tonight and we said, we were saying, you know, how do we, how can we help 
each person in this room, no matter where you stand and what, what you, your background or anything, or if you believe in Jesus or not, how do we help each person in this room take a step closer to that wonder? And as we talked through that stuff, I said, Becky, what if you just sang a song over us? Sang a song that totally described that wonder. And we just sat in that for just a, just a moment because everyone's been running around everywhere for the last month or whatever. For just a moment, you sit there. And even if you've got kids that are pulling on your arms for just a moment, you just sit in the words of this song and embrace the wonder of what God has done and is doing for you and me. Becky said, let's go for it. And so she picked out a song. She picked out a song called Noel. And this, no, Noel just means Christmas. But if you look at the Latin root and the, and, the, and the English root and the French root, it means news, it means birth, and it means exclamation. And when she's singing Noel, it's, just, it's an exclamation of great news, of the birth of God with us. So for just a moment, will you sit in the wonder of the truth of what God has done for us? Yeah. 
That's the truth. That's the wonder that, that God wants to reintroduce to us. He'd love it if we recognize that today. And he'd want us to recognize it tomorrow too. The, the challenge that, that I felt like I faced as I, as I was coming in here tonight is, is, Lord, how do I help us all to, to go from the wonder at birth in Christmas to February to March and your workplace or your home and how do we capture that same wonder throughout the year? Because Emmanuel has come and God is with us and that is truth. And you know what God said? I felt like God was saying to me, I felt like he was saying, Bill, that's my job, not yours. And I felt like he was saying, that's the adventure. That's what I love. I came into this world so that people might find peace. I came into this world to give you life. I came into this world to give you joy and to shed light into darkness. And I will keep entering into your story. I'll keep doing it every day, enter into your story. And I'll invite you to enter into mine. There's a passage in Hebrews, a, a, a book in the New Testament where there's an invitation to every one of us. And it's two simple words. Two words to say, come on, recognize the wonder. Those two words are consider him. That God's saying consider him. Consider that baby. Consider that baby when you're in the midst of the trials that you face. Consider that baby when you are feeling lost in your marriage. Consider him when you're like me and sitting on the floor in the bathroom at four in the morning stressing over something. Consider him when, when loss or loneliness is overwhelming you. Consider him because he has come and he does walk with you and he is the king of kings and he is a wonderful counselor. And he is a prince of the peace that you need. He is an everlasting father that will never, never let you go. And he is an almighty God that goes far beyond any single thing that we're dealing with. And God is saying, consider him. Step into that wonder again. It's going to be there today and then tomorrow consider him again. And then a month or two from now consider him again. Because I'm not leaving you. I'm right there with you. And that's Christmas. Here's what we're going to do, you guys. We're going to, um, we're going to have some people come up here and we're going to light those candles you've been sitting there with. And then we're going to sing Silent Night together. And I'm hoping that when we sing Silent Night that you grab onto those words as you sing them. I know it's a fun song to sing at Christmas time, but grab onto the words too. The wonder that is filled in those words. 
Jesus, Lord at thy birth. So let me, let me pray for us. And while I'm praying, those candles will be lit. It's going to be, God's going to light the candles. Watch it, watch. I'll pray for that and the candles will be lit when I'm done praying. So let's pray and then we'll sing Silent Night together. Father, we thank you for this group of people in this room right now that, that are, are, we all, we all long to take a step towards wonder. We all do. And we thank you that you're a God that promises that you'll never leave us and promises us that you'll keep pursuing us no matter how much gets out in front of us. And we pray that you would, you would pursue us to a point that we could recognize our life intersecting with you. God, help us to recognize that Emmanuel has come. God with us. We thank you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.